Hi, I'm your host, Tom DeSavia. Join me as I interview guests from music and entertainment from around the world about what they're up to right now. Stay tuned, because we're gone in 30 minutes. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of Gone in 30 Minutes. Uh, today is a very special Hands Across North America episode. <laughs> we're very happy to bring you. I'm going to come to the talent last, but joining me as uh, my very special co-host today is my work brother and good pal, Brad Kennard, coming all the way from Nashville, Tennessee, USA. Say hello, Brad. Good day, everyone. Great to see you, fine gentlemen. Good to see you, man. And joining us, the the, the meat in our sandwich, the... Uh, the, the the reason we're here, artist, songwriter, all around nice guy, coming all the way from Toronto, Canada, not USA, Mr. Donovan Woods. Hello, Donovan. Hi, hi guys, hi guys. Nice to see you. What is, is it like? Is it like tomorrow in Canada already? That's right. Yeah, it's tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> it's still locked down. We're still locked down, so it's not even yesterday yet. Dude. It's just like, yeah, it's not great here. What right are you doing now. right now? What's going on right now, buddy? I'm in my studio. Uh, it's uh, hot in here, and I'm uh, thinking about turning the air conditioning on. But it feels early to me. We have a, we have a real Canadians have a real like, we're stressed about that about putting on the air conditioning. That stresses us out for some reason. I don't know why it does. <laughs> well, but it stresses us out. You're stressed about putting ice in soft drinks too. I never really. That's right. That. That's yeah. right. We're stressed about that as well. <laughs> you go there and you get like one ice cube. I love your people. I do, but whenever I go there, I'm like, it's it's. It's frozen water. It shouldn't be that, you know. Well, we don't want to put too fine. much in there. Some people don't like it, and some people have sensitive teeth. <laughs> you know, salt and pepper a sandwich like it's like it's nobody's business. I mean, I don't understand where these values yeah, come from. We do from. do that, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what that is. But I'll tell you one thing I love about the South and about Nashville in particular is yeah. that everywhere you go, they give you a big glass of ice water as soon as you arrive because that's what you want when you arrive. And it's wonderful. You know what? It's 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 there to cut all of the, the grease and the heavy, yes, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. it's just to get you started to make sure that you can survive. But it's so nice. One of those big plastic cups. And here in Toronto, they'll get you'll have like one of those fancy bottles with like room temperature water and these tiny it's a nightmare. I just the south is like I feel better there in many ways. And in many ways I feel not better there. But I feel like when I go there, I feel like the restaurants are designed for me. I feel like, you know, I, I miss it. That's why I feel very stuck in Canada right now. Well, I like any time a Canadian goes, you know what's better about America? Which you just don't hear that much. <laughs> oh, I could, I have a long, I have nice a water. long list. I have a long, long list, which is interesting. Yeah. Well, us keeping Joni Mitchell and Neil Young's probably not on there. I mean, Neil, like he. But we just kind of said, no, no, we're gonna Oral Canyon. <laughs> well, I mean, why would why would Joni move away from Los Angeles? I mean, it's Los Angeles, you know. But we fully claimed it. We've like sort of said, you know, like I think they were born under on Wonderland Avenue in Laurel Canyon. And I think it would be so interesting for people to see where those two were really born. Like I think it, they're really from the, from you know, the prairies. She's from the pra She's from Saskatoon. You know what I mean? Like. That's where my wife is from. It's like, it is very different from Los Angeles. It's not this, it's a really different place. <laughs> yeah. And it's called Sastatoon, which is like Sastatoon, a Warner yeah. Brothers cartoon sound. It's, a, it's not like a cartoon, I'll tell you. It's, <laughs> but it's getting better. It's beautiful in some ways. Now, are they doing, do they do COVID in, in Saskatoon? Or, or, you know, there's parts of America they don't do COVID. They just aren't in there. Uh, they're not, they're just not doing it. 
They just don't believe it exists. They're moving. Oh, no, they're doing it. They're doing it in Saskatoon. Okay. We're doing it all across Canada. I, I don't, I, I, I'm not sure whether they're in a wave or not, but we're so, Ontario is so Ontario-centric. Like Toronto is, it's the rest of Canada's complaint is that all we care about is ourselves. And it really is true. But here <laughs> there's a big, huge wave going on. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh. Well, and so how long you're you're a cat that's used to traveling, and you two met in Nashville, yeah? Yeah, yeah. We met. Well, I wrote some of my first songs that I wrote in town with a with a writer named Abe Stoklasa, who were who was writing for Big Yellow Dog at the time. Or I think when we met, he wasn't even signed yet. But uh, and Brad uh, worked there at the time, and uh, that's how we met for the first time. Yeah. Yeah, been stalking Donovan ever since. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, kind of literally. <laughs> Yeah, that's not, it feels good. It feels good to be watched. Good to be watched. <laughs> I mean, you were coming to the States on a regular, uh, very regularly. How long have yeah. you been over? Um, well, I started going to Nashville, I think, like seven years ago now, seven right. or so. Um, and I was invited there by was the strangest circumstances. The bass player from the band Sugar Ray heard my album. His name is Murphy Cargas, and he uh, was working on a making a record label with the football player Aaron Rodgers, and he wanted to meet with me. And this all seemed fake. He sent me. I remember he sent me a message on MySpace. I was like, "This isn't real." And then he said, "We're going to fly to Nashville to meet." And so I, I was like, "Okay, well, they sent me a plane ticket, so I'll, I was like, I guess I'll go. I think probably I'm going to get mugged when I get off the plane here. This doesn't seem totally real." But it really was them. And uh, so then I had a meeting. I met a whole bunch of people in town. And I did my first couple of co-writes. I knew that co-writing existed, but I didn't know. I had never done it. And I didn't know that it was something that I would want to do. Um, but I, I, I had always, I knew, that, I knew what publishing houses were because I looked them up on the internet when I was a kid because I thought I wanted to be a musician. But I, you know, I was looking in the mirror and thinking like, well, it's probably not going to work out for me in terms of being a celebrity. So I, <laughs> I should try to be a songwriter, period. And I remember looking up whether that existed. And I remember learning about Warner Chapel and, and you know, the Brill building and these types of things, um, you know, and, and being very excited about it. And then from that point, you've been coming to our shores a lot. We could call them shores, right? We call them shores. <laughs> I don't think Nashville has any shores. No. We've been coming to the Nashville shores. Nashville shores here, by the way. It's actually yeah. called Nashville it's called Shores. Nashville. Yeah, they... <laughs> really? Yeah, so it's on Percy Priest Lake. Okay, so you'd, say, you'd sail over from Saskatoon to Nashville. You'd get on your right. sailboat. Saskatoon. No. You'd, come, you'd come over the, 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 the Strait of Halifax. To That's right. And, That's um, right. And so but, and it, it's been a pretty regular clip for you, though, hasn't it, since then? Yeah, I, I came like, you know, I, I'm there. I, I added it up one time, but I think in total I've been in Nashville for a year and some amount, but just compressed all together, but all spaced out over time. But I spent a lot of time there, and I, well, I feel like a local now. Like I complain about traffic and stuff and how they keep knocking down big houses and building two tall, skinny ones. You know, I'm like up with the things. So I, I feel like a local but, uh, but uh, you know, I'm not there that I mean, I haven't been there in like a year right now. So yeah, yeah. it's a drag. You know, we haven't seen each other in, in at least that long. No. And in that time, I mean, you, you were used to coming to Nashville and doing the collaboration thing. I mean, in the midst of all of your other travels and support of your albums and your records and stuff. But but you stopped through here, a whole, you know, a ton. 
what about what about like writing songs and collaborating now? Are you how are you feeling about it all? I mean, I know that we've talked a little bit about it, but like, what's 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 really going on up there? I've been enjoying Zoom quite a bit. Like, I, it's really is it really is more uh, suitable to the process than I would have guessed. And the first, you know, the first one was uncomfortable probably, but if it's with people that you know and you have a sort of shorthand with, it works really well. I've been writing with people that I've written with in, in you know, real life. And uh, it's just sort of feels totally normal on Zoom, which is great. So I hope that that can sort of, I mean, if that can stay as part of the mix of what songwriters do, I think that'll be interesting. And it'll maybe free up some opportunities to be able to write with people that maybe you wouldn't have been able to be in the same town with. Yeah. But I've been writing with people like I me, mean, Lori McKenna and Matt Nathanson and I have a very regular date together on Zoom. And it feels like, we're getting together like it feels just like old just feels like a hang it's great it's been really great so I, i'm not bothered by it but i do love my times in nashville i do love being getting immersed in it and uh you know i just love the hang of meeting writers and talking about the gossip in the town you know i miss that part i also miss my apartment there yeah exactly well tom and i were talking about this with somebody recently about like the anxiety of going back <laughs> like kind of yeah. like no like do i shake people's hands like what do i now do we do we hug and do we i mean do i even want to go back to work never mind the the commute and so forth you know yeah i wonder i wonder if that i mean that'll be hard for americans more than will be hard for other cultures who really don't hug as much as you people do but uh <laughs> I hug. I hug wrong with love come on man Brad and I are both big huggers, and you it's like hug I, have, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be tough. Yeah, yeah, because we don't we just uh, I mean, there's some people I hug, but I, not everybody. Um, <laughs> have you ever hugged Brad? I think I think I probably hugged Brad. Probably yeah. good. Yeah, why not? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I can't think of any specific instances, <laughs> but I would anytime. I would anytime. That's memorable. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, it's totally fine. <laughs> it's pretty, we, we do have a bunch of mutual pals, and you just mentioned so Nathanson was on the show uh, not long ago, oh, yeah. and that's why I have no no linear me memory in in COVID. So it was last week in November, two thousand thirteen, <laughs> some point. But he does hold the record for the most f bombs. Oh on yeah, the show, yeah. I can I, imagine. I, it. Yeah, I literally had to go. I'm like, can we can we do this? And it was great. So it aired. It's our it's our can one we? with little uh, parental advisory. On it. Oh, that's good. Well, yeah, he's. Um, I mean, he's a chatter. He's got some things to say about pretty much pretty well every subject. He's got a lot to say. He and Kevin Griffin both, who are both pals and both been on the show. Yeah, I mean, should be focusing their time on their talk show. I was told about one time a dinner between Matt Nathanson, Kevin Griffin, and another guy I know, Ed Robertson, who's the lead singer of the Bare Naked Ladies. Mm -hmm. That those three guys went out to dinner. And to me, I was like, one, I thank God I wasn't there. <laughs> Two, who led the conversation? Because that's three guys that definitely are the funniest guy there. And if they're not, they're going to work real hard to make, <laughs> to make sure they are. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that would have been quite a dinner. I'll tell you those three. That'd be amazing. Tight with all three of those dudes. Yeah, I've I've hung around with all three of those guys. Confident fellas. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And it's like it doesn't feel like I mean that's one of the things that we've talked about on the show that I think is amazing. You know, the the silver linings as everyone says out of this thing is it really has strengthened that idea of kind of community in a different way than we got 
than we've been used to it. Like your communities can be global now and your community can be, you can be at home and still stay in your community. And it definitely found, feels like that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it feels like, I mean, Lori is a person that I get to write with, you know, before this, I, I would only write with her once or twice a year. And now I get to do it all the time. I feel like I know what's going on with her. I feel like I know what's going on with her husband. It's great. It's like wonderful. It is. It does really feel like staying in touch in some ways. And in other ways, it's like, you know, it's what it is. Sometimes you get the work tape and you realize that nobody was singing the same melody for the, the full four hours. But, you know, it's it's close enough. It's pretty close. It's surprisingly manageable. You think you'll keep doing the Zoom thing once, once, whenever this ends? I will do it. I don't think they're, I think Nashville people are so sick of it that they won't do it they anymore. Are. That's, that's, the gut. It. Yeah. that's my gut feeling about it. Yeah. Yeah. They're because already- they like to get, they like to have a lunch and have a hang and do it. You know what I mean? I get it. So I could, I could, I, I would certainly be willing to do it, but I think I'll understand if it uh, is gone almost immediately and forever. Does, has it changed the way your process has worked at all? Like if you get, an idea and you're like, oh shit, I just got something. You, you've got an idea in your head. Will you immediately like ring someone up rather than wait for a session and just be like, let's just jam some out. Is it giving you that instant sort of. I have like a pretty good radar about what, um, like about what, what is going to work in a co-write situation and what I'm going to keep for myself now. And I'll keep a lot of stuff for myself. And then every once in a while I'll be in a co-write and I'll throw out something weird that I was sort of keeping for myself and it will work, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, there are, there are instances where I, I, you know, there are writers that I know. I have a friend of mine, Travis Wood, who's a, a writer that I know really well. And I can say, hey, do you want to just start? This is an idea. Do you want to just start this? And we can just, yeah, that's the thing. You can jump on in 20 minutes and just start something. Whereas you, you, you really had to just sit around with ideas before. But it's a nice feeling as a songwriter. It's a really nice feeling to have like your memo section on your phone have two or three good ideas in there. Like, I mean, that's a good, you just sleep better when you got a couple little. <laughs> you ever had those moments where you're sitting there and everybody's just kind of staring at each other, looking at the screen. Going, what do you got? And you know, you've got this idea that you're like, I'm holding this, I'm holding this, I'm holding this. And then you're like, ah, oh, shit. Okay. So I got this idea. Does that happen? Yeah. I, I try to get, I really genuinely try to give my best to everybody, regardless of what it is. I know that's not really the case in Nashville anymore. People, so, but I, I do try to give my best ideas to everybody, you know, the best idea that I got. Because one, I do think there is a shelf life to them, and my excitement will wane on them, or I'll just forget about them in a lot of ways. Yeah. But there's still that that you know, doesn't matter who you write with, the famous people, it doesn't matter who it is. Everyone has that like moment of doubt before you say it out loud for the first time when when it's only existed in your head. You thought of it as you were falling asleep. You thought of some turn of phrase and you went, oh, I'm a genius. This is why I'm the real deal. And then you wrote it down. And then when you go to say it out loud, especially you're about to say it out loud in front of a bunch of other songwriters that you love, the feeling of like you look at it and you go, this is nothing. This is nothing. <laughs> oh, um, I love it. So I have, I've, I have had a thing that I was really excited about. And then the moment before I thought to myself, I got to not say this because I think it's too weird, but but generally I just say it anyway. <laughs> Does your inner artist and inner songwriter battle each other a lot? Knows it's like, hold it for yourself. No, it's mine. You know, to give it to them. Yeah, it used to, it used to more than it does now. Now I, I, it feels like all the boats rise no matter what. I think I'm, I'm really grateful to have an artist career, even though it's just, you know, what it is. It's not, uh, you know, I'm not selling out Red Rocks or anything, but you know, maybe I would play Red Rocks maybe someday. But play the, Red Rocks. Um, but you know, 
I'm I'm so thankful. If I love a song, I can I have like an outlet for it. I I do. I meet so many people in Nashville who go, oh, I love the song that we wrote, and they get to trot it out at around every six months or whatever. And that's just such a I love I love to be able to put it out, which is uh, because not everybody's gonna appreciate every song, and sometimes people are wrong about songs. You know, like sometimes people just don't understand it, and. You know, I, I just love having an outlet to be able to put it out, and mostly so I can put it out and and experience the feeling of getting revenge on someone for doubting. This <laughs> which is revenge is it for me? I love it. This is what, this is the great feeling to me. See, this is what we're learning about Canadians. They're 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 perfectly keeping fresh water from you, and they're hell bent on revenge. Yeah, we love it. I, I don't you love revenge though? Getting a little revenge. Come oh, on, nothing better. The two best feelings: relief. And revenge, right? Like when you expect when you think something bad is going to happen and then it doesn't. That's there's nothing better than that. Agreed. Right. And then the second good feeling is when you really exact revenge on someone and you know they feel it and you see in their <laughs> face that they go, oh, "I was wrong," and he was right. Oh, it's what a nice feeling. But I think the delivery that you Canadians have is is it's very sneaky because everybody you know everybody <laughs> talks about Canadians being so kind and sweet and nice and I'm sorry. But you're proving this all to be wrong. I think the Canadians are bigger pieces of shit than anybody really appreciates or understands. I, I, I'm, I find, and I know that I know that I'm fooled by Southern hospitality. Still, like I, I will sometimes be fooled by the niceness <laughs> of a of a <laughs> restaurant host, and somebody will be somebody who's. I remember my one my Chip Petrie, who was my lawyer. We were out for dinner, and the woman was talking right to now. us with this, and he was like. I was like, she's being so nice. And he was like, she hates our guts, dude. She's so <laughs> she's so annoyed with us. And I was like, oh, like I, I don't have that Southern hospitality radar where it's rudeness through kindness. So to me in the South, I'm like, everyone is so wonderful down here. But in Canada, there's this sort of like a different distance. Like it's just, we're just crueler to each other. We really are crueler to each other in, in a real way. And I don't think it's really true that we're that nice. I think we're kind of like resigned and cruel in a way that Americans just can't even perceive, you know? <laughs> I think it's a, it's that, it's that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've been there a bunch and I've always, I've been fooled by your kindness, but now I'm realizing it's sort of got this taken sort of undertow to it. It's sort of, yeah. That's right, that's right. Yeah, We're, we're not actually Liam Neeson-y. Right? And you know where the most of that is? And I'll get in trouble for saying this, but it's Vancouver. Those people, can be so nice to you and you can be on like a two-hour hike with the people from vancouver and then you get at the end of the hike you're like that was wonderful and they thought you were an asshole the whole time is that where, is this where the revenge fantasies come in because i was gonna say like you said the most satisfying thing is revenge i don't know that i actually get revenge that much but i get it in oh. my head like you know like in a movie where they do the they do the staged robbery first and then they actually do it and it's just completely botched like in my head, the revenge is perfect, but then when it actually sets out, it's usually right. yeah, not that good. Yeah. It usually falls flat. The, here's the reason my revenge doesn't pan out most of the time: the other person doesn't care even half as much as I cared about the thing that I was mad about, you know. <laughs> but I still like it. Well, let's let's go because we're going to run out of time so fast. There's so much we want to talk about. Let's talk about about your artist side. What's going on? How are you doing with that during this time? What's what's up? Yeah, it's fun. I mean, I put out a record uh, in November that came out in the way that uh, we didn't want it to. Of course, we wanted it to come out with this big tour and all this stuff. Uh, but it came out sort of uh, 
in the pandemic and but it, you know it's still getting its attention it's getting its stream it's the fastest streaming record i've ever released it's doing really well in terms of people hearing it and listening to it i just never got to tour it and those songs are seeming so I, it's just like they're kind of getting away from me or something i don't know what the feeling is i just never toured it so they never locked into being mine or something i don't mm -hmm. know and then just last week i released a song uh a duet with ifo donovan that that she and i wrote together over zoom and uh and it's doing really well. People are really liking it. And that's nice because I, I'm really fond of the song. I'm really fond of her. I've been a big fan of her for a long time. So to be able to do a song with her was a real thrill. You have, I have two things. Number one, what uh, tell tell us the name of the record, the album that was out in November. Oh, the album was called Without People in November. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then the thing about uh, Aoife, like you actually do a lot of collaboration. You're writing and doing a lot of artist collaboration with other people. Yeah, I mean, we have another. I have another an EDM song with a with a with a guy called Dabin that comes out at the end of this month. Um, yeah, I love it. I mean, as much as anything I can do, I I want to do it. I, and I, the fun part for me is that I'm on my own label, so it's there isn't there isn't a lot of barriers. I mean, the Efa song Efa and I wrote, we wrote it, you know, and recorded it, and like we a month later it was out. You know, to me that's the funnest. You know, to be able to just do make decisions and do things, you know, and get the things out quick. Yeah. It feels like, it feels like that's the, the no barriers thing is like a, a big part of all of the things you do, because I mean, you're talking about the Dabin thing, you're talking about Aoife, I mean, they're completely different artists, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You couldn't find two different songs to put out back yeah. to back. I'll tell you two more different songs. Yeah. It's quite uh yeah. And it's fun. I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of all, I'm just a music fan and I have always collaboration is like, it really brings me joy. It really brings me a lot of joy because um, I, I, I'm so tired of my own ideas and I don't know about, you know, I'm so tired of myself. You know, I'm tired of the things that I am obsessed with and like revenge and these types of things. <laughs> so just like working with another person is such a joy to me to shift your perspective. And I, I love it. And I, I always want to do it as much as possible. Also, it just introduces you to new fans, you know? Absolutely. I the other, the other thing about your collaboration, I mean, uh, Talk a little bit about with people. So the album was without people, but oh, yeah. the with people project that you did. Yeah, well, we had you know we had all this money slated for that record to promote it, and uh, you know we just thought, what is the point of putting my head on a billboard when there's nobody even walking by anymore? <laughs> so we just said there's probably a better way to spend this money. So we hired a whole bunch of artists to make individual pieces for each of the tracks. And then that gave us a video for each of the songs. Uh, there's like a video of the artist creating the work. And that was really fun too, just a joy to see what everybody came up with. And I'm a, I'm a big painting nerd. I'm a big fan of painters. That's, if I could pick a skill, that's the one I would pick. And I uh, just to be able to have someone paint something based entirely on what their song made you feel is like what I was really thrilled by that. It was a really fun way to promote the record. and made a lot more sense in a time when so many creators were out of work, you know? Yeah. It's an incredible, it was an incredible grouping of art mixed with all your music. I was just a super cool way to, to, to have somebody rethink. And like you said, how they feel about the song as they're hearing it. And, and yeah. And I always think the songs are so like, I think they're so uh, esoteric and smart. And I'm like, ah, oh, nobody will get this or what I mean here. And then the, the, the everybody they're like, you mean this, right? And I was like, and there are exactly <laughs> right. where you were like, and then they go on the revenge list. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> then I write them down. Is there any where you were like, 
wow, I didn't expect that at all. Like that's no. not what I meant at all. <laughs> I, I thought there would be one or two where I was like, what is this guy's missing the point in a big time way? But every single one we got, I was like, yep, I nailed it. You know, it's, it was, that's was such a surprise, but that's so, awesome. so fun. That's awesome. And then you mentioned that you mentioned about uh, being totally independent and, and it's kind of been a point for you to be, to really have take pride in owning and, and doing your, your artistry yourself. You know, I mean, you've got a team, but you're also your own label. Yeah. I mean, we, I, just the way that streaming were, I mean, I have really enjoyed streaming because of it. I've really enjoyed the shift to streaming. I love to yeah. learn about it. I love, I just love how it works and how it functions. I love like the transparency of it. I love watching my numbers go up on release day. It's just <laughs> like, it brings me joy. So I, I, I think it's the way that that artists nowadays can you know take a hold of their 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 career in a way that maybe they couldn't have previously. I can understand why someone who was already signed to a label would be disillusioned by by that, but I love it. I've really been enjoying it. Well, and to go what you were saying earlier, and, and we've talked about this a lot because I think it's healthy. It lets you explore this sort of mu musical psychosis, which doesn't necessarily like a label might not understand how to put. A bunch of things together on one record or how to release one thing after another and it was saying it's funny that i think that's one of the great things streaming has brought to us is because a lot of my favorite records as a kid were all over the place but yeah. they made sense artistically they were from the same artist and i didn't worry about you know the song that was a rock tune and then a country tune and then a soul tune being on the same record yeah because they fit and then we got into the world of you know pre-iphone marketing and that started to happen less and yeah. I think it's it's you know with 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 few exceptions, most people are not so tethered to a thing, but we almost became that. And this time has allowed us, I think, to explore that more, which is yeah. I think that the I think that young people are see genre a lot less than we think that they do, or yep. maybe like I think I'm I, I I get the sense that the playlisting by that sort of functions by mood rather than by, um, you know, is, is, uh, has sort of done something to their thinking. They don't, I don't think they really have those hard set rules that we had before. I'm, I'm amazed by the things that my music gets called everywhere. And I don't, I just think it's sort of, we're moving into a genre list kind of, uh, you know, you know, soup of everything together, the same, which is exciting to me. But yeah, I think if I was on a label, I mean, we had a lot of label offers and they never really made sense. And I think, I think you're right. I think if I was on some of those labels that we said no to, I think they would be kind of confounded with sort of moving yeah. into a very serious folk lane with Aoife, which is like she, her folk following is very real folk Americana music, you know, real folk fans. And then just like three weeks later, putting out an EDM song. Yeah. I mean, it, do, it doesn't really make a ton of sense, I think. But, you know, um, I think it's just it still feels like my my POV and it's still my voice. You know, I'm, I'm surprised. I'm always surprised by artists like how different their songs can sound. And really, the thing that you love about it is just their voice. You know, just their voice is there. You know, and if it's there, it's like Marin is a good example of that. Yeah. Marin doesn't not sound like Marin on that on that song with Zed. She sounds just like her. Yep. Um, you know, and that's what we love about it. We love just Marin's voice, period, you know? Yep. Agreed. Yeah. Right. Agreed. Um, what, so, so last thing, I think we're getting close here and, and, uh, we could probably go all day long here. Uh, do you, what's, do you have a name of the label 
what's the name of your label? In, well, in my label is called Mentwell. Yeah. Um, but uh, but it's I'm the, I mean, there's no reason to look it up. I'm the only artist on it. Like, you, <laughs> you can look it up, but it's just me. The guy obsessed with revenge called his was, name Mentwell. That's yeah. exactly what I was going to say. I love it. I was like, well, you know what I mean? That feeling of like, you know, people go, well, he meant well, I think is, uh, I think is a really funny, you know, nobody really ever gets that. But, but I like I like you the first I think this first time on this show certainly and maybe the first uh, person I've actually encountered who's admitted really and I know you and Brad know each other well but we've only met casually a couple times over over the internet to admit that you're you're based in in revenge and I respect that <laughs> so much and now I just want to hang out with you even more and just plot revenge fantasy. Do you think the music industry is like I feel like the music industry is built on revenge like I feel no, like it's like, just absolutely. When someone st doesn't return the email, and then you go, I, I take, I calmly take down the name. That's what, <laughs> and then I go, that's it. I think you're just listening to Stompin' Tom Connors and just knitting something and get and making everyone get along. There's a reference you'll have to Google, folks. We are running <laughs> out of time, so we got one last question for you. Sure. What should the folks out here, our listeners, what should they be reading, listening to, watching, eating? You got some recommendations for us? Okay. Um, yes. Uh, listening to um, the thing I've been listening to right now is, uh, th and I'm sorry to say this, I've been listening to jazz a lot in the lockdown as I drive around. I've been listening to the new jazz playlists on Spotify, and I will steal melodies from these jazz songs. Uh, <laughs> don't tell anybody that. Nobody will ever recognize these melodies. But th there is like, I have never liked jazz before in my life. And here's what I realized about it if you put it on the car while you're doing your errands, you feel like a sneaky detective or something the whole time. <laughs> and I like it. Um, my uh, wife and I are watching um, that Mayor of Easttown show oh, yeah. uh, with uh, Kate Winslet talking in a Philadelphia yeah. accent, and we're loving it. We're liking it very much. And, uh, and I mean, eat. I mean, I don't know. This is regional. But if you're in Toronto, you, I mean, we order a, a pizza called Dafina Pizza. It's in Toronto, Dafina Wood-Fired Pizza. And the guys who work there are rude, and, and they do not appreciate your business. But the pizza is so good that you keep coming back, even well, though they, they treat you like crap. Fellow <laughs> Americans, go there, put on some jazz, wash it down with some lukewarm water, plot <laughs> your revenge, maybe steal some ideas from a jazz guy. They'll get revenge on you. Full circle. What a, what a sum up. <laughs> Donovan, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, seriously. Brother. I appreciate it. Thank you. Brother Brad, it's always good to, to talk to you daily, and especially when other people can watch us do it. Great to see both of you guys. <laughs> Gentlemen, thanks for joining us. The, to, to, our, to our fan, we'll see you next time. <laughs> We're gone in 30 minutes. Say goodbye, boys. Bye. Thank Bye. you. This show was presented by Craft Recordings. Thanks for joining us for Gone in 30 Minutes. Produced by Laura Saez. I'm your host, Tom, and we'll catch you next time.